0: Hello and welcome to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick Bajkowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. On this weekend when we remember mothers in a special way and many students are graduating or will be graduating. We've had first communions popping up and all sorts of celebrations. We are going to begin this broadcast with a special prayer for our moms. Mary, on this day when we honor all mothers, we turn to you. We thank the Lord whom you serve for the great gift of motherhood. Never has it been known that anyone who sought your intercession was left unaided by grace. Dear Mother, thank you for your yes to the invitation of the angel which brought heaven to earth and changed human history. You opened Yourself to God's Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Dear Mother, intercede for all of our mothers. Ask Your Divine Son to give them the grace of surrendered love so that they could join with You in giving their own fiat. May they find daily strength to say yes to the call to the sacrificial love, the very heart of the vocation of motherhood. May their love and witness be a source of great inspiration for all of us called to follow Your Son. On this Mother's Day, Mother of the Word incarnate, pray for us who have recourse to you. And we ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, this Sunday is also called Good Shepherd Sunday because it is a, a day, a Sunday, uh, this um, fourth uh, Sunday of, of uh, Easter when we always have readings about the good shepherd this one happens to be very short and it's going to be the basis of my reflection today so i'm going to read it from the gospel of john jesus said my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me i give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one can take them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can take them out of the father's hand the father and i are one, the gospel of the Lord. Well, I do want to change the focus a bit, although my first story is going to be one that some of you have heard. It's about an experience I had with my mom and dad both, but it was particularly focused on my dad, and I'll give you sort of a, a short version of it. But... I do want to help us rethink this idea of shepherd being always men, because, of course, the women in our lives are also the voices that we listen to and need to listen to. When I was discerning my call to the priesthood, it began in January of 2000, and July 5th, of that year I had my mom and dad and my brothers over for dinner at my house in Chicago on, on Roscoe near the lake and I told them what I was discerning and very close to deciding at that point and that I was being called to the, to the priesthood and my dad was the first to speak and I know some of you have heard this story many times it was it's a story that I go back to an experience in my own life that I go back to when I need some reinforcement about what I have done and what I continue to do. My dad was the first to speak, and he reminded me of a time when he was in the hospital just a couple of years previous to that at Northwestern University. and He was lying in his bed, his room, after having had some sort of a heart episode, And he said that he was uncertain whether he was sort of uh, sleeping or dreaming or just half awake, but he had this vision of me coming in dressed as a priest to visit him. And he had been waiting for two years for me to make that announcement. Well, whenever I've had, and then uh, sadly my dad was, was dead within the year and didn't get to see me enter religious life, but came very, very close to it. I uh, remember that story most especially whenever I have doubts from time to time, and thankfully those doubts are, are pretty rare right now, but I, I have had that Um, recollection and the the experience with both my mother and my father in recalling their voices the sound of their voice even though they're both dead is still something I can call up in my memory and we think of them our parents as the good shepherds that are leading us you know, a shepherd can lead in one of two ways. They can be behind you, prodding you, sticking you with their staff—the uh, the sort of uh, way that they would fear their shepherd—or they can lead you. A shepherd can, by his voice, encourage you to and go ahead of you. And I think that's what both of my parents were able to do. They led me. Uh, their soothing, comforting voice is what has guided me throughout my life. St. Augustine wrote about this gospel passage, and he said this, He has accomplished what he taught us. He has shown us what he commanded us to do. He laid down his own life for his sheep, that within our mystery he might change his body and blood into food and nourish the sheep he had redeemed with the food of his own flesh. He has shown us the way we must follow despite fear of death. He has laid down the pattern to which we must conform ourselves. The first duty laid on us is to use our worldly goods in mercy for the needs of his sheep, and then, if necessary, give even our lives for them. He that will not give up his substance for his sheep, how shall he lay down his life for them? And of course. I cannot think of either of my parents without recognizing all that they did for me and for their sons and laying down their lives, the sacrifices that each of them made. You know, and what Augustine said, my mom and dad both recognized at some level that we are all to be good shepherds. And that's the message of today's gospel. These are stories that... Jesus has provided us to help us understand the role that we are to play. God knows us. And the reason for the model of the Good Shepherd is that God knows it is our way to happiness, to our own peace. It's not for us, it's for others that we are to live our lives, even give our lives if need be. And certainly that's the witness that our parents give us so often. That's what the Good Shepherd knows about us. And it is how we will work out our own happiness. Of course, our culture tries to lead us in other ways, that our happiness and our fulfillment is going to be acquiring more and getting more for ourselves or focusing more on ourselves and our own happiness. But our Lord shows us a different way and a better way. He knows us better than we know ourselves, and it is through being guides, witnesses, being good shepherds for others that we will really find our joy. I am gonna close with something else that some of you have heard me share. I think most recently at a funeral service for uh, one of the Riley children. Um, many of you know Trent and Julie. Smith, I'm sorry Riley Children, Trent and Julie Smith, um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's from an article that Irma Bombeck wrote um, decades ago now, I'm sure many of you don't know who she is, but she used to have a column, you know, a syndicated column in many newspapers, and I believe this is a Mother's Day column that she wrote. She's a Catholic woman, too, by the way, a she's deceased, of course. And this is, this is how it uh, goes. Did you ever wonder how parents of disabled children were chosen? Somehow I visualize God hovering over the earth, selecting his instruments of propagation with great care and deliberation. As God observes, God instructs God's angels to make notes in a giant ledger, this one gets a daughter. The patron saint will be Cecilia. Well, this one gets twins. The patron saint will be Matthew. This one gets a son. The patron saint, give him Gerard. He's used to profanity. Finally, he passes a name to an angel and smiles. Give them a disabled child. The angel's curious. Why this one, God? They're so happy. Exactly, smiles God. Could I give a disabled child to a parent who does not know laughter? That would be cruel. But do they have patience, asks the angel. I don't want them to have too much patience or they will drown in a sea of sorrow and despair. Once the shock and resentment wears off, they'll handle it. I watched them today. They have that feeling of self and independence that is so necessary in a parent. You see, the child I'm going to give them has her own world. They have to make her live in their world, and that's not going to be easy. God smiles. They are perfect. They have just enough selfishness. The angel gasps. Selfishness. Is that a virtue? God nods. If they can't separate themselves from the child occasionally, they won't survive. Yes, these are parents whom I will bless with a child less than perfect. They don't realize it yet, but they are to be envied. They will never take for granted a spoken word. They will never consider any step ordinary. When their child says, Mama, for the first time, they will be present at a miracle and will know it. I will permit them to see clearly the things I see. Ignorance. Cruelty and prejudice and allow them to rise above these things. They will never be alone. I will be at their side every minute of every day of their life because they are doing my work as surely as if they were at at my side. And what about their patron saint? Asks the angel, his pen poised in midair. God smiles suffice God bless you all and I pray that all our mothers and those who have acted as mothers to us will have a very blessed day we pray for all those mothers who have gone before us in the faith and also for all of our students who will be graduating our young people who will be receiving first communion many blessings on you all